Shabbat Shalom and welcome to another episode of Spirit of Truth podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Collins. And so today is February 18th and I'm exhausted, (laughs) but I would do it all over again and I still don't think I'm done yet. (laughs) Last Sabbath, my plans quickly changed when I saw that a revival was breaking out at Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky. So pretty much immediately, my cousin Tanya and I, we headed out. But you, you probably know me by now and that I always have to give a backstory. So I would say we both grew up as regular Christian girls in the South in the Bible Belt. Tanya went to church with her parents, I'm sure more often than I did, but we both always had a strong presence of God in our lives since our youth. Between us, I think we've been a part of or at least visited Baptist, Methodist, Church of Christ, Pentecostals, and we've even been accused of being Jewish. But by the way, Jesus was Jewish, so hallelujah. So that must mean we're doing something right. But long story short, it's been a journey. And that's... Honestly, that's just the theme. That Those are the words that God has spoken to me nearly daily for the entire last week. It is a journey. And Lord knows I have not arrived. I'm more than a decade into pursuing righteousness through the Messiah. And... I've really only gotten started. I'm just off that started line. I mean, even just this week, he has really been pressing hard into me and revealed some of my failures that have just had me in tears. But good news is, that's what I ask for. Tanya and I, we've nicknamed ourselves God Chasers lately, and I love that. Because wherever he is moving, that's exactly where I want to be. And the closer that I push into him, well, the more pure that I will need to be. And that's what I'm striving for. My goal, I want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Even though I I may have gotten off to a pretty rough start, and I've even gone really, really slow at times, I'm still running the race and chasing after God. So last Shabbat, we arrived at Asbury University We were blessed and highly favored. We immediately found good parking. We found the chapel immediately. We did have to stand a little while before a seat was available, but we ended up standing all night in front of our seat once we got one because who could sit down anyway? But this was 
one of the, I wouldn't, well, I guess the most moving and most impactful experiences that I've ever been witness to. I mean, it's almost without words. The first thing that hit me as soon as we walked through the door was reverence. So I've, I've been to spirit field conferences and church services before. And, and if you've been to a Pentecostal church, you're familiar with the palpable presence of the Holy Spirit. But it was more than that. I dare say it was almost as if God himself was at least near. It felt holy. It felt set apart. It felt different. And it nearly took your breath. The next thing I realized was unity in every sense of the word. There were people from all denominations and demographics all there for the same purpose. And please don't don't think that I'm making just some generic blanket statement. I seriously don't think that there was a demographic or denomination that was not represented there. Everyone was in one accord. They were praying together. They were worshiping together. And it was the most beautiful sound that I've ever heard. It was like the angels that are around the throne. They were literally singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. There were voices just being poured out to their king. All underneath the words, holiness to the Lord. There was no agenda. There was no timeline. It was 100% spirit-led. And it would come in waves. There would be waves of worship, waves of prayer, waves of testimony, and words of scripture. The first professor, well, I suppose he was a professor, the first speaker that I remember, he put forth a series of calls to prayer. And I don't remember, I'm I'm sitting here trying to think, I don't remember the last time that I really, truly heard a call to repentance in a church setting. And this wasn't your average, everyday call to repentance. Yes, it was a call for those who may not know Jesus, who may not know or understand why we were shouting his name and why we were praising him. But it was a call for all of us because we are all still sinners. Even though we believe and even though we may have said a sinner's prayer or even been baptized or like me, 40 years old and still decades in, or even 90 years old, we all still sin and fall short. And I bore witness to a thousand, I don't know, 1,500 people 
fall to their knees on their faces and repent. Repented for their sins. They repented for the sins of their family, for their ancestors, both known and unknown. And we cried out to God to forgive us. The second call to prayer was a call to consecration. And I heard a man that I don't know, seemingly, well, I suppose not my religion, and most likely someone who's never even heard of Jim Staley, talk about taking that first step, that first step into holiness, that first step toward righteousness, and that first step into the Jordan River. Nearly verbatim, quoting what I had heard Jim Staley was a message that he had received from the Lord just months earlier. They preached about being holy, about being set apart, and they made a call for us to die to our flesh, to be fully and holy, W-H-O-L-O-I, fully holy to the Lord. It was the same call that I heard Nathan Harmon make just months prior. There were so many God moments that I'm not even sure where to begin. There was already a connection with Tanya and Asbury and Korea, and I'll let Tanya tell that story. But God took us there and sat us down by a young student missionary who had just come from Korea. And to see Tanya, to be able to physically lay her hands on and pray over this girl was so moving because I'm I'm sitting there seeing this and knowing that she is going to physically carry those back and put them into action on the grounds in Korea. I mean, it's mind-blowing. And then for me, I had a few big God moments. But there's at least one that I want to share because more than a decade ago, there were some just wild, unimaginable circumstances that led me to walk alone into a church an entire state away in Nashville, Tennessee, in the projects. And it just didn't make any sense at all how or why I ended up there. Outside of the fact that I was just really desperate for God. But I walked in and immediately found a lady who was from my teeny tiny small town in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. I mean, we're from the same hometown, but then we realized we grew up on the same street. We realized that her parents married my parents. Her her dad was the preacher, her mom, the witness, and my parents married in her living room. And it was just extraordinary circumstances and undeniably a God-ordained meeting. And over these years, getting to know Steve and Ernie and seeing how they just boldly protect 
the leading of the Holy Spirit. I mean, they have just left left a deep impression on my life. So I really shouldn't have been surprised to see them at Asbury at the same exact time that I was there, but I was still just in absolute awe of the good goodness of God. One of the other things that sticks out to me from Asbury was during that call to consecration was that the Lord had revealed to this man who was, and I believe, Lord forgive me if I'm wrong, but I believe he said he was in the lineage of a Levitical Jew. This man was a Levite. But the Lord had revealed to him that there were And I think he called them revival spies, maybe, but spies nonetheless, who had already gone out into the world and had set themselves apart. And that these spies in the land that had gone out ahead of them can testify that one with the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit that we can walk in obedience to the Lord and set ourselves totally and fully apart for his service. And two, that it's worth it. That no matter if friends and family don't understand, or if you lose friends and family, no matter if they choose to go another path, no matter how hard it may be to give up the worldly things that our flesh likes and desires, that it's worth it. That Jesus is worth it. And that was, I guess, what you would call the moment for me. And I think that's when the Spirit somewhat gave me a glimpse of what is to come. Now, I know it probably won't be all of them, but maybe it could only be a remnant. But more are being called to the narrow way to the ancient path to walk and worship in both spirit and in truth. And that leads me to where I am today. So it's a week later. Like I said, it's February 18th and I find myself in Cleveland, Tennessee. Um, Circumstances came about where... I'm, I'm literally, I kid you not, I'm literally never home alone, but somehow, and I, we all know how we all know it's a good thing, <laughs> Chad had to be out of town again this weekend. So, guess what? Road trip. <laughs> so, I was praying about it, and at first, I just, I think, logically thought I should go back to Asbury. I had felt the presence of God there. I knew God was moving there. And obviously, I want to be where God is moving. I'm chasing God, right? But after praying about it all week, it, it come down to Thursday night. And I could not click the button to book a hotel room. Couldn't do it. Everything inside of me said not to do it. I was like, Lord, I don't understand why can I not go? You've cleared my calendar. We've Everything's lined up. Why can I not go back to Asbury? 
and it just didn't feel right and I knew I knew not to go so it came down till about lunchtime on Friday and I'm at work and I kept feeling this nudging to come to Cleveland Tennessee and I didn't really understand why but Friday morning I started seeing and I I take that back I had seen something maybe Wednesday night or Thursday night about just a few students trying to start a revival at Lee University and Friday morning Tanya had sent me something I believe it was on Lee University had now broke out in a revival just as Asbury did. I Google Lee University. It's in Cleveland, Tennessee, which I don't know if you remember my prior co-host, Brian lives in Cleveland, Tennessee. Uh, Our fellowship that we visit quite often, Jacob's Tent, is here in Cleveland, Tennessee, and it is just one of the many, many places where you can just randomly walk into a store and it's like seat seats everywhere. It's, it's no shortage of finding someone here with the same beliefs. So needless to say, I love Cleveland, Tennessee. <laughs> but it was like, oh my goodness. So still, it's a pretty big city in comparison to where we live in Kentucky. And I just know that I'm coming to Cleveland. I know that I'm, well, I know. I want to go to Jacob's Tent. I want to go to Lee University. And so I start driving super last minute, get down here really late, drop off my stuff at an Airbnb that I booked Friday afternoon. And I'm like, okay, would love to go because Jacob's Tent has moved. They're not in the same building they were in the last time I was here. So I wanted to go check out that property, but I was like, no, it's super late. I'll figure it out in the morning. It'll be easy. And I'm like, I'm going to go to Lee University. And it's late. And it's just like the enemy is fighting me, trying to get me not to go. And I was like super torn on what to wear. I was in my steel toe work boots from work still. And... I was like, you know what? I'm just going to throw on my Jacob's 10 hoodie and I'm going to go anyway. I'm just going to, it's super cold. I'll throw on a coat and my hoodie. It'll be fine. And I'm just going to go home. So I hop in my car. I just plug in, I guess, the generic main address for the university. Have no clue where the chapel is, right? So I'm just driving. And so immediately I get to campus and I drive through campus and I see a church, but it looks like dead. There's nothing around there. The lights are out. And so I drive up toward it and there's actually an ambulance sitting at the end of the street, but I just, I just really felt like that I was called to this particular spot. So I go to this particular spot and no one's there except for this ambulance parked at the end of the street. And so I pull into the parking lot. And I sat there for a minute and I'm like, Lord, did I hear you wrong? What's happening? I don't, I don't understand. 
And I was just really discouraged at that moment. And I was so discouraged and so distraught because I honestly thought I had heard wrong. I was really upset. So I take off driving. I drive up a street or two. I make a turn because I'm super upset, right? I went down a one-way street the wrong way. I didn't have my headlights on. Some dude pulls up next to me, starts screaming at me. I'm scared to death. He's hanging out his window. It was just, I was terrified. I'm like, what was that? I was like super convinced it was a demon at the time. I was just really frightened and was just praying. I'm like, Lord, did I hear you wrong? I'm so sorry. And so I'm driving and repenting that if I heard him wrong. And so I drive um, maybe another block and he leads me to pull into a parking lot. So funny story, I pull in, I park, two other vehicles uh, pull in behind me, I see people getting out, and they walk like a different direction. I'm like, Lord, I thought I was here. I don't see where they're going. <laughs> so I, I just basically argue with him, and I'm like, okay, maybe you went for me to go, meant for me to go to the next parking lot. So I pull out, and I go to the just across the, I don't even know if you would call, really call it a full street, just across the way, and I pull into another parking lot, and I turn around, and it said church on the building. Didn't look like a church, but it said church on the building. And so I, I get out, and I like pop out of my car, and I'm like, I'm here, and I start walking toward the building, and that was the address. It was on Church Street. That was why it had church really big on the top of it, so that was, it was not the church. And so I was just even more distraught. I get back in the car, pull out of the parking lot, circle around the block, and I'm still just so distraught. I'm like, Lord, I just keep hearing you wrong. What is wrong with me? Circle around the block, and I look, there's the church. It's like, okay. I don't know what all that was about, but thank you. And I'm like, okay, lesson learned. I'll be more careful about listening to your voice and heeding the spirit. I'm just repenting that Lord, there must've been a lot of me in there. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I pull in next to the church and there's no, there's no parking on this particular side of the church that I'm pulling up to. So I pull around back. It was the same parking lot <laughs> I was just in where I argued with the Lord that I was at the wrong spot. I was like, oh my goodness, that is so funny. I'm like, okay, point taken. <laughs> so, get out of the car and I go in. And it's beautiful. And it's a very similar atmosphere than Asbury. Like the only difference was that reverence feeling that I had at Asbury. I didn't have that reverence feeling, but definitely the cold chills, the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I felt my heart just 
palpitating in my chest when I walked in. Just the beauty of the building, the beauty of the voices. And two, just like at Asbury, there were kids on stage, no sound systems, no lights, no uh, big screens, just kids and a piano just pouring their heart out in worship for the Lord. They were so on fire for Him. There were prayers. There were speaking in tongues. There were, again, just like at Asbury, there were just these waves of movement of the Holy Spirit. And just, it was an atmosphere of love that I really felt at Lee University. Just love. Everyone was just loving on one another. I love you. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Just total and complete strangers. You know, young people, old people who are obviously there visiting, not students either. But just, I love you. I'm so glad you're here. God bless you. It was just an amazing atmosphere of love. And it was such a beautiful thing. And I thought my intention was, I guess, when I went there was just to pour out for myself, just to be there in the presence of God and just to pour myself out and worship to Him and soak up being in His presence. But there was a little girl who was sitting in front of me and I don't know, I just felt something for her. And I didn't want to <laughs> argued about it. But this Holy Spirit just would not leave me alone until I went and prayed for her. So if you are still listening to this podcast, would you please join me in prayer for this little girl? She spent the majority, if not all of her time that I was there in the chapel and I was there for hours. She spent just in prayer, you know, Bible wide open, just bent over, just pouring herself out in prayer and in worship to the Lord. I mean, it was just, just moving, but I felt this brokenness from her. I don't know. I just, if you would just please pray with me, but I finally, the Lord was not, was not going to leave me alone about it. And I wanted to be obedient, but it's always, you know, weird and awkward. But I asked her if she would care. I just told her, I'm like, I'm sorry, this is so weird. And it's so awkward, but the Lord won't leave me alone. I just really need to pray for you. Do you care? And she was like, absolutely, please. And so we prayed together and it was just this really beautiful, sweet moment and just sweetness and love. I mean, that's that's the only things that I have just to wrap up that moment. But um, she stayed there next to me for probably another hour, but then she left. I never even got her name, but please, just if you think about it, please join me in prayer for that sweet, sweet girl. 
But again, the service was just amazing. The worship, even more, and I hate to say that it was more beautiful, but it was more beautiful than Asbury. Just the voice, the voices, the sweetness, the tenderness. That was, I don't know, lifting up Yeshua. And speaking of, may have something to do with being in Cleveland, but they sang the song Yeshua for I don't know how long. At some point, I just quit recording, but I did record for a few minutes. I recorded somebody's back, but I got the voices. It was just the most beautiful rendition of Yeshua. And he reminded me that when we exalt him, when we lift up Jesus, that he will be the one to draw all men. And I really believe that that's the core of this movement that is happening right now. People are hungry for the real and true authentic God And I think that's what's been wrong with every church service. And I'm not knocking. There have been beautiful, amazing things. And I've learned so much. And like I said, it is a journey. So please don't take this as that I'm knocking any church service that I've ever been to and been a part of. But it's always seemed like something has been missing. If I was in a wonderful, spirit-filled church, there would be a lot of truth missing. There was the word of God a lot of times was just overlooked. It was a lot of great worship, but the the sanctification, the consecration, the pursuit of holiness, the pursuit of walking like Jesus, a lot of times was left out. And even in the Hebrew Roots movement, in this Torah movement, where we have been so focused on setting ourselves apart and walking like Jesus walked and doing Bible things and Bible ways, which is fantastic. It seems like we focused so much on the truth of the matter that we left out the spirit. And I really do believe that the Lord is moving his people to come back to him, to walk in both spirit and and in truth that the two go hand in hand just like the two stone tablets the two houses of israel the two witnesses i can go on and on about the significance of the pair of two the two by two going on the ark the two by two he sent out of the disciples but we need the two pieces of spirit and in truth And it suddenly became clear to me last night why I was in Cleveland and why I was sitting in Lee University wearing a Jacobs tent sweatshirt. Because when I got home about 1 a.m. this morning and left those kids there still going strong in their worship, this old lady had to come home and get some sleep or come to the Airbnb, my temporary dwelling place. I lay down in bed. Google the Jacob's Tent address. It was the very first parking lot where the ambulance was sitting, where God had me turn around because I had said just in my wish, he literally hears all of our heart's desires 
I just said I wish I could go check out where Jacob's tent is before I go to the chapel. But I wanted to pursue God, but he was like, you know what? I'm going to let you go check out Jacob's tent first. He took me to Jacob's tent. It's a couple of blocks away from the Lee University Chapel. So I hope, I don't know if it was maybe for the one girl that I went last night to pray over her. Maybe it was for her. Maybe it was to just be there as a representative of Jacob's tent to share some light. And even though I guess I'm not officially or formally a member of Jacob's tent, but I feel like family. I've been live streaming them. I've been with them every Shabbat since the very beginning. Maybe not in person, but I'm there as often as I physically can be. And that's where I feel my church home is. But I was there in my Jacob's Ten hoodie, completely oblivious to the fact that maybe, just maybe, planting a seed that when this revival or whatever it is, is over and these kids are sent out, that they can find a church home, they can find discipleship right under their noses. And I'm just, I'm just so excited about that, that Jacob's tent can be the spies in the land. They can be the people that can declare to these children, we have done it. We have set ourselves apart and it is worth it. And they can show them the fruits of their walk and that they can love on these kids and lead them and guide them and mold them through the prompting of the Holy Spirit because Jacob's tent is a truth-filled, spirit-filled congregation. And if you watch Bill Cloud's service this morning, I believe the Lord gave him a little glimpse of that as well. Make sure you stay tuned to hear all the way to the end of his service when he speaks about the revival or whatever it is. Uh, anyway, so that's my experience thus far. I'm about a half hour or more into this podcast and I've got girlfriends waiting on me to go back to Lee University tonight. So I'm going to throw on the Jacob's 10 hoodie again. I'm going to go worship my creator. I am so exhausted, but so worth it. I'm going to go just continue to pour myself out and lift him up and exalt him because he is worthy and he's worth it. And so let's see, stay tuned for the next podcast to see where Tanya and I may end up next in our quest as God chasers. Thank you all for listening. Shabbat Shalom. May God bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you and give you Shalom.